Greetings, and welcome to the 80-Level Roundtable Podcast. In each episode, host Kirill Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off-limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast. guys so this is a 80 level roundtable and today we have uh josh lynch and billy Maginus. uh billy i think if I, I i did something wrong with your name but uh i hope no, fix, all good. Fix, fix all it. Good. anyway um we've been long waiting to see josh on our little podcast uh and finally we have him so before we start going into our questions, it would be nice if you guys do a little intro in case somebody doesn't know you yet. Um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into the industry, and maybe what you're working on right now. Go ahead, Billy. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so um, I'm uh, I'm currently an associate art director at Ubisoft Toronto. Um, I've been there for uh, over nine and a half years now. Started there as a, as a 3D modeler on uh, Splinter Cell Blacklist. So I was one of the first uh, first few artists on that project during pre-production. Um, uh, worked my way there through, uh, through an environment modeler, um, a level artist. Started taking on bigger and bigger mandates. Um, started owning larger sections of, of the environments. Um, and eventually on, uh, uh, Far Cry 5, I worked as a, uh, I worked on Far Cry 4 Primal and on Far Cry 5, I worked as a, a lead artist, um, where I, um, I helped to organize the environment art direction and, um, oversee a, a group of level artists as well as do, uh, do some level art myself. Um, and currently I'm working on Far Cry 6 as an associate art director and a team lead. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of the, well, I'm owning all the vegetation and uh, organics in the game. So uh, I'm a lead for the biome team. Um, and I'm helping out on art direction and other topics as well um, on, uh, on Far Cry 6. Uh, but mainly my main focus is vegetation right now, biomes and organics, uh, which is a change for me. I, uh, on previous projects, I, I did a more generalist uh, job where I would do uh, environments in general, you know, build locations, um, you know, model props and structures uh, on Far Cry 4. I worked on like a, for, for almost a year and a half, I worked on a large cave, which was a, a big, um, uh, first half of a, of a mission was took place in a cave. And, uh, so now on Far Cry 6, I, I needed a new challenge. So started working on the, on the vegetation. So, um, I also teach as well. I teach, um, at a local college called George Brown college. Um, I teach a class called level design, which is, is really like level art, uh, essentially. And, uh, I mentor with Josh through the mentor coalition. So, uh, so that's a bit of my history in a nutshell there. Over to you, Josh. All right, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, thanks for having us on here. I'm pretty excited to be on a podcast with 80 level and, uh, yeah, so a lot of you probably know, like, me for making materials and teaching, uh, but I got my start in uh, mobile. Uh, the, I, I started working at 2XL Games, and the first prod, product we made 
was like a supercross game and it was right when the ipod touch came out and we were on like the tv commercial so it was a pretty cool thing you know for my first gig and then from there i moved into working on uh console titles and yeah so i'm uh currently at probably monsters i'm the principal material artist on our team and i run art of josh lynch on the side where i make like training materials and sell nodes and texture assets. And I also founded the, the Mentor Coalition where we host uh, mentorships and career coaching. So thank you for the introduction, guys. Um, so the topic of our today's discussion is basically education and the education in this field of like 3D game dev and so on. And uh, both of you are uh, closely kind of connected with this topic. And uh, I'm wondering what is, in your opinion, today's kind of scenery um, of education and game dev? Like, are schools enough? Are schools up to date? What schools are there? Um, if you wanted to start a career in games and if you wanted to produce 3D content, where would you suggest uh, you know, a young artist to go? Like, where would he go? Yeah, I guess I'll start on this. So, <clears throat> I mean, I I want to say that like I went to the University of Advancing Technology in Tempe, Arizona. And while I had like, you know, my fair share of things like when I look back on it that I wish were better, um, I really enjoyed the, the like the typical university setting. Uh, in a lot of ways, like it helped me with like my soft skills. Uh, I had some good mentors there and I think you know, at the end of the day, like no matter which route you take, you're going to have to work really hard on your portfolio. Like there's no shortcut for that. Uh, but what I will say, and, you know, I'm not afraid to say it or ashamed to say it rather, but like, I think with the mentorship stuff, you get access to like talent currently working in the industry. And so a lot of things that you might have a question on in a class and the instructor's not working right now, which happens a lot you can uh you can get like you know the info straight away on what you need to know right like what studios are after things like that so i i, I kind of feel like it's a bit of a mix and it depends on your personality too and the way you work like some people really can get focused up and like thrive at home and some people really need a lot of structure so i think it's kind of a mix yeah so we actually heard a lot about that when basically it's like a little bit of a broken system, right? Because if you need to get some kind of a certificate to be like a, a proper school, you need to have uh, instructors like on staff and they have to be more like, you know, scientists doing papers and kind of approaching this from a little bit of a different perspective. Yeah. But at the same time, if you want to have a proper school, the teachers kind of up to date stuff you kind of have to have people who are actually doing production. So uh, I, I guess Billy's example is a, is a great one because he is, on one hand, he's working on a very well-known games and at the same time, he's teaching. Billy, could you talk a little bit about how did you start teaching and why did you pick this up? Why do you think it's like a good thing? And from like inside the school, how does it look? So what are students looking for? What do they need? And how do the schools kind of provide provide what they need? 
Yeah, sure. Um, so, so kind of before I, I started working, before I, I, I started my career in games, I went to a college in Toronto for, um, for game development. That's the college that I teach at right now. And uh, for me, I found that the classroom structure was beneficial because it provided structure. It provided somewhere that I can go to and be accountable for. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I took it very seriously. I, I know it's, um, it's really easy for someone who I think is going through school, who is, you know, perhaps in their early 20s um, or not even to be kind of unsure. Uh, sorry, my dogs are going to go crazy as soon as they hear anything outside. So um, it, it's it's going to be uh, it's, it, it'll be easy for um, for for kids to kind of and, and I don't I don't mean that in a condescending way, but for for young adults to come out of um, high school and just be interested in video games and um, gravitate towards, you know, perhaps a course that is called game development that they um, they think is what they should be doing because they like video games. Um, and for those people, I think it's it's um, it's 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 going to be very difficult for them. Mm -hmm. But for others um, like myself, for example, I think it was it, it, I needed that structure. But also I sought out um, additional supplemental training. Um, you know, if if there were things like the mentorship coalition when I was in school, I would have taken it in a heartbeat because what it does is it provides you a bit of an advancement. It kind of gives you um, it, it allows you to do stuff that perhaps not everybody else is doing. And it gives you a bit of a, um, a boost. So when I was in school, there was like digital tutors and there was other um, online kind of training to kind of supplement your school um, work. And I had really great teachers and I had uh, um, some of them that uh, ended up starting their own studios and they're wildly successful. Uh, and uh, there, there are others that were just uh, academics, but are, were very, very good mentors and very good guide, uh, uh, provided very good guidance for me. Um, so when I was started working at Ubisoft, um, I, I kind of kept in touch with um, some of the relationships I made and the friendships I made, and I was invited to teach a class. Um, and uh, that was about, I, I would say, six years ago now. So I've been teaching for probably about six years now. And it's usually one or two classes a week, um, three hours each class. So it's one class from uh, from a student's um, entire kind of course load. So they might have perhaps maybe three classes a day and I'll be one of them of the week, right? So they'll have you know three classes a day, four days a week or five days a week and I'll be one of those classes. Um, and uh, it's, it, for me, like I, I, I tried to, you know, constantly provide the most up-to-date um, uh, coursework for them. And it's very difficult because as we all know, right, games move really, really quickly. Like I remember when I was on, um, on Far Cry 4, we were using um, Photoshop and, uh, you know, uh, Endu and, and um, you know, Crazy Bump and uh, the NVIDIA filter to generate normal maps and uh, PBR wasn't a thing yet, but by the time we finished that project, people had already started becoming power users almost in substance. Um, so things move really, really quickly. Like you can be on a project and, and be out of date because the tools of that project do not allow you to uh, 
um, uh, you know, stay on the cutting edge of things. So with a school system, I find sometimes that because of just how large of a system it is, it's not as nimble as something like a mentorship can be because the mentorship is like they're short spurts, they're, they're concentrated, they're focused, and they're using always, we're always using the latest methodology when we're trying to mentor and teach and, and do that. Whereas sometimes with schools, like you'll have to go a whole year because you plan that curriculum a certain way. And then you can't really change that until the next year, because this is what you committed to. And this is what everyone agreed would be taught. Um, but within there, there's, there's wiggle room and, and, and George Brown is, is really great at, at, um, at listening and, and, you know, um, they have a good program advisory committee that they run, um, a few times a year and they, they take feedback incredibly well and they're very nimble. The program coordinator is awesome. Um, and, uh, it's it's been it's been really great honestly so from from my side like i do hear some of the horror stories and some of the the more disappointing stories and i'm sure that people are going to have those experiences i was lucky enough not to although i could probably find some stories of like certain classes that perhaps didn't benefit me um but uh i i, I guess i'm kind of one of the lucky ones who who didn't necessarily um have a bad experience in college and when i go into schools now um, one of the joys that I have in my career is that I'm able to teach and I'm able to mentor. Um, and it's why I kind of like my leadership role on my team and my project is because, um, you know, I get to help grow younger artists and uh, into like future leads and future senior artists. And um, I get to make art alongside them. And I, I get to still be competitive with them because they're very, very good artists. And it, it really uh, makes me stay sharp at all times. You know, I do personal art and, um, I try to, you know, stay hands-on at work. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, for me, it like, I seen both sides and I've heard the horror stories and I've read the horror stories. Um, I guess I'm just one of the lucky ones who, who didn't have a bad experience. And I try to keep my teaching at the colleges positive current. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is one of those things where like, I think a mentorship, like the mentor coalition um is very uh it's it's very current it's very nimble we don't have to uh, account to anybody like we're teaching stuff that i use at work like i'll use the, the the techniques at work that day and then i'll i'll teach them on the saturday i usually do my calls on the saturday um or sunday so so yeah i mean uh, josh uh please chime in um yeah kind of uh that's that's my my thoughts on it yeah, to add to what Billy said, you, pro you brought up a lot of really good points, man. I, I think one thing I want to add to that is like, in addition to things being current, like when we host a mentorship, right? We are like focused on what you're after at that time, right? Or we help you try to figure out like where you need to level up. So it's not, you know, a lot of times you might sign up for a course and maybe the thing that you were hoping to cover or really you need some extra help on was only touched on like one week and maybe even for part of that class with a mentorship you could talk to one of the mentors and say i need this like i need to level up on this maybe for all six hours right so it's it's really cool that way like uh a lot of uh mentees that we have that come through they are students themselves like from all over the world or they're people like working in the industry currently which is really cool to me um, but yeah, a lot of people that come through, they are like, they kind of use it as an accent, you know, like maybe 
one of their courses didn't touch on, like I said, touch on something they were really after and they come to us to help level that up. Yeah. So you guys touched on the mentorship program like a couple of times already. And my question is, um, so where did this idea come from? Because it seems to me that mentorships are kind of something that happens inside the company when there's like a senior and he, he kind of helps the juniors and so on. And you decided to kind of take it outside of just like one structure and it'll allow everyone to join and to kind of take part in this. So it would be nice to hear like, how did this idea come to you? How did you decide to build this? And what yeah. were like the, the points that kind of, you know, moved you in that direction? Like why, why, where did you see the need for this kind of service? Yeah, no, I'd be happy to go over that, like kind of the founding of it, I guess. Um, I, I've been doing mentorships, like whether it was for myself or with the mentor coalition for, for four years this September. And so it's, it's been really rewarding. Right. And I think, uh, we're almost at two years now for the mentor coalition. And, uh, what's really, what's really interesting for me is like, I was doing them on my own and I'm not the first person to host a mentorship by any means. Um, some of my friends were hosting them and that's honestly where I got the idea. But what I found over time was I would talk to a lot of my peers and they would be really passionate about teaching or like what they would want to do. And actually, I remember hanging out with Billy at GDC a couple of years ago. And um, Billy's a big part of the story, actually, you know, like uh, we were talking about different things and like what we could do, you know, what could be done. And I just founded this and asked him, hey, would you be interested in in joining me and trying this out. And yeah, Billy was one of the first people to to be with us on the Mentor Coalition, and I'm really thankful for that. Uh, but yeah, I, I saw this this thing that I felt like there was a void in, in teaching, you know, like everything was uh, pretty traditional. And I saw that there was like a, a big demand, like honestly, like I would describe it as insatiable almost for mentorships. Um, pretty much all the mentorships we host every month sell out, which is really awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, um, I just saw like that void, you know, and I wanted to fill it and I'm, I'm thankful for the people that were willing to take a chance on it with me. So can you tell us a little bit about who are your main clients? Like you mentioned there, there, they could be students, could be people who are already kind of working. Yeah. I can kind of give you like a little, uh, bit of. Like what I think is happening, that you then you kind of can bounce around and think. Sure. Because um, on my end, I see a lot of people who are in need of uh, you know a quality jump in their yeah. work. Yeah. You know that there's like there, for example, they've been working a lot in uh, in mobile games or in some other stuff, but like yeah. they want to do like big big stuff. They want to be doing like God of War and all that kind yeah. of crazy games. Sure. And then they kind of apply to different mentorships or they do courses or they buy tutorials and they try to grab like every bit of education. So yep. uh, from your perspective, like how does that going on like with your um, clients? So yeah, a lot of the the mentees that sign up, they they are students. I mean, we've had people that like we we I remember this uh, mentee emailed me and he's like trying to decide between going, you know, the traditional route 
or he wanted to see if he could take like a series of mentorships with us. Um, and so, you know, I kind of talked to him a little bit about what he was after. And his issue was like, I work a lot, right? And so uh, if I pay for a class and I go through it, like I might miss some weeks or I'm going to fall behind where like Billy mentioned that mentorships are really nimble, right? Like you can just do them in, in quick spurts. So what a lot of people do is they, they have a pile of work. They want us to help them level it up and then they go do another pile of work and then they come back again. Um, we've had people, like I said, that are in the industry, like some studios pay for the mentorship. Some people sign up on their own. So it's pretty cool, man. I, I forget what the other parts of your question was. Sorry, Krill. No, you basically answered. So there's a, basically even people who are doing some work and they need some help. Yeah. They can apply for a mentorship and then they get the guidelines and so on. But can you tell us a little bit? about how it works because somebody, oh, yeah. somebody might think that it's just like, you know, I show him my garbage model that I did in ZBrush and then Josh is going to come and, you know, fix it. But I'm sure it's not like that. So how do you actually work with your mentees? Like, what do you help them with? Um, what tools are you using? You know, and so on. Yeah. Uh, Billy, why don't you take a stab at this one and then I'll follow up. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so uh, the the mentorships work best when the uh, the the mentee um, has something that they uh, had in mind to work on. So, oftentimes, you know, coming to the first call with like maybe a block out, um, perhaps like a reference board or some some form of concepts, um, uh, just something that started just to show that you know, you, what you want to do, like what you want to work on and, and where you want to go with the project. And then, um, what, uh, what the way I've structured my mentorships and, and the nice thing about the mentorship coalition is the way that Josh does his, the way that I do mine, the way that the other, uh, mentors do them is completely independent. Like we do not at all like meddle in each other's stuff. Like we've, we've, um, we've kind of uh, helped each other out to kind of, um, you know, make things better and tweak things, but it's kind of custom. So the way that I do mine is I'll try to help provide structure to someone's environment. So let's focus on this. Let's get past this stage. Let's focus on this next. Um, this is going to look like a certain way right now, and that's okay. Let's focus on this next step. And then we basically go through and structure the project in a way that when our calls are over and your project is not completed yet, because oftentimes it's really hard to uh, complete an environment in a month. Like even if I was working on an environment as like a more experienced artist, it would be very difficult for me to finish an environment um, to the scale that some uh, some of these, um, you know, dream to be in a, in a month. So let's say an environment might take you two months to complete, maybe three months. Um, we structure it in a way so that when the, when the mental chips are over, you still have a structure to follow. Um, but also like uh, our calls don't finish when the, the month is up. Like I'm in touch with uh, almost everybody that I've mentored in the past on Discord. Um, I have everybody that I've mentored in the past on Discord and and most of them we, we talk once a month, twice a month at least, even people that we've I've mentored like years ago. Um, so it can go very broad like that, right? And it can be very, very wide. Um, but also, uh, 
to touch on your previous question, Kirill, um, I've also approached Josh to say like, Hey Josh, you know, um, I want to improve my, my base color skills, my albedo skills in substance designer. Um, what do you think if, if I just did a month with you and all we focused on is base color in substance designer? Um, as a, as an artist myself, like a more, um, uh, I guess, uh, a more senior artist, um, I don't necessarily use substance designer every single day at work. Um, there are times where I'll, I'll go weeks without using substance designer at work. Um, I would consider myself, uh, good at, at substance designer, but, uh, I'm not at Josh's level. So for me to be like, um, wanting to get mentored, it's like, I might pick something super spe specialized and be like, Josh, uh, let's tackle base color. Let's just focus on base color. Walk me through how you would approach this um, and just level up my skills here. You know, I want to level up my skills here specifically. Um, whereas perhaps someone who is maybe fresh out of school or fresh in school might want more a more structured mentorship where we let's like, how do you build an environment from zero to an environment? And then we can go and, and, and build a structure or it might be like, Hey, I want to work on vegetation. All right, let's work on vegetation for four weeks. Okay, great. So what kind of vegetation do you want to work on? All right. I want to build this forest and I want to go through and build the trees. And, and so we would go through the workflow for that. And then we would start to build that out. So it really depends on what the, what the mentee wants. Um, and for more experience, experienced artists that have taken the mentorships or uh, people like myself who, who, you know, talk to Josh, um, uh, you know, Josh and I talk almost daily. Um, uh, like I said, like, you know, just, just six months ago, I, I messaged him about, Hey, you know what? Like, I want to take a month with you and just work on base color and substance designer because I want to level up. And so I, I always want to learn. I always want to get better. Um, you're never too experienced. I'm certainly not, uh, to, to get to, to not need a mentorship. Like, we always need to be learning. We always need to be getting mentored um, uh, because you like you, you, you never want to stop learning, right? You never want to stop getting better. Um, so for me, I think like that's how I approach my mentorships. It's really case by case. Um, I've gone from from, you know, really wide helping someone structure an environment and go through the steps because you know you can get really lost in an environment there's so much to do i got to start modeling do i do it modular okay let me build my modular kit but now how do i build my tiling textures and then trim sheets and then what do i use unique textures for and then and then you can get so lost as someone who has not done it many times so i can help someone uh put structure to that and um uh, and get through those barriers but then also like i said we could focus on something super specific so um, Josh, maybe you want to talk a bit, bit about your um, your uh, uh, the way you handle your mentorships. Yeah, sure. So, Kirill, uh, just chime in anytime if I'm not answering the original question in any way. Um, go, oh, no, yeah. I mean, oh. <laughs> I had a I had another question actually. Um, okay. one of the things that you're doing is that you're doing not only like technicals and skills based uh, mentorships but you're also helping doing like career advice oh yeah helping people understand like what do they say and what they shouldn't say during the interview yeah um i haven't seen a lot of that like um you know are being offered out there and uh, and it seems to me that this is one of the most valuable yeah. mentorship that you're yeah, doing that's why i do it man yeah 
Yeah, I think this is something that a lot of people are struggling with and uh, doing an interview is always stressful. So if you could touch a little bit about that and how did this come up? Because I think sure. that's super relevant. It's a very interesting thing. And I wish more people would be doing stuff like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm happy to to touch on that. So the it's funny, actually, when people would sign up for the mentorships through like when I was doing it through my like personal Gumroad, I would all, like, I, I swear, like at least once a month, one or two of the mentorships, they would have questions on that. They'd say, hey, I want, uh, you know, I want to do all this stuff in substance, but can we take like half of one of the calls to look at my my resume and my cover letter or, you know, how do I apply to jobs? And it just kept coming up. And I was like, I had a little discord going at the time where everybody that signed up, we could chat. Right. And I just asked them one day, I was like, Hey, I get this a lot. Is this, is this of interest to you guys? And like the chat blew up. It was like, yes, this is what I want to see. Like I would, I would do this. So I, I didn't, um, I didn't expect that to be honest. Um, but I'm glad that, you know, they spoke up and yeah, I, I think it's really important. Uh, we, we touch on a number of things uh you know yeah like from your resume to your cover letter like i'll do a portfolio critique uh people can ask me questions about applying for jobs like i i do a little bit of like interview coaching so we do like some mock interviews i give them a little bit of feedback on you know how they answer questions how they sound because you know some people just get really nervous and uh and that's okay right i'd, I'd rather uh, you fumble through things with me, like in a safe space where I'm here to like help you and kind of reassure you and say like, this is all good. You know, I've been there. It's don't worry. You know, <laughs> uh, it takes practice. Right. And so, um, I've sat in on a number of interviews. Uh, you know, I've, I've done interview, like I've been interviewed right by teams and studios. And then I've been on the other side of that. So, um, yeah, I think it's super important. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people are actually struggling with that. So the, the way that you're doing that and kind of yeah. approaching that and explaining and also do, helping with the portfolio reviews and so on, yeah, that's uh, super important because um, I'm kind of on that like receiving end right now. Mm -hmm. Like when we launched the 80 level RFP and started kind of reviewing all the submissions that, we, that we're getting, um, I was a bit shocked, you know, because um, I, I'm not a recruiter, right? I, I wasn't going like through a lot of like job postings, submissions and stuff like that. But this, sometimes the stuff that I'm getting is just stellar. It's just great. But sometimes it's just, you know, it's like even not a beginner level. And it seems to me that a lot of people are, uh, do not even know how to present themselves like yeah. in a correct way right because yeah. you can see portfolios with like very old work or you can yeah. see portfolios where everything's kind of nice but then yeah. they get some piece that's that shouldn't be there it's yeah. not thematically connected it's not connected in any way by the tools and it's just sort of like out of this whole picture and mm, i'm wondering if you guys could give some uh maybe advice outside of the mentorship right now, but just to give some general advice to people who are assembling their portfolios, who are trying to make themselves hireable, how do they do this? Like, what are the main mistakes that they 
should avoid or what are the things that should be included in the portfolio, how it should be presented? Like if you could share some of that, it would be amazing. Yeah, I think just real high level, um, you want to keep it pretty clean, right? Like, and I would recommend focusing on, you know, quality over quantity. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of advice out there. <laughs> okay. Like a lot, right. On what, that, that's to do, true. what not to do, like, don't do this website, do this website. Um, I would say like art station is your friend. It's super clean recruiters and leads art directors look through that all the time. Um, I would say, you know, like just handle yourself in a really professional way and present yourself as such. Like there's a lot of times where people, they get a little wild on social media, you know, <laughs> and you know, you never know like who's going to see something that you posted or remember it, or you got in an argument. And then all of a sudden, like two years later, that person's the hiring manager. And it's like, you know, it's kind of awkward. So just like, that's not like a portfolio advice. That's just a little bit more like, just everything's visible online, you know? Yeah, li life advice. Yeah. Uh, but I would say the other thing that I would recommend is like, think about cohesion, you know, like when you're presenting your work uh, and turn on the lights is something I like to tell people <laughs> because a lot of the times when I'm working with artists or I review their stuff, it's really dark. It's like dimly lit. And it's really, it's really weird to, to view it that way, right? Like you, you've done all this work, like show it off, you know? And so we kind of go over that a little bit. Um, Billy, what do you think, man? Yeah, I think, um, I think that's, that's, that's it. Um, also, I think like, you know, consistency, uh, you mentioned Kirill, um, there's oftentimes, you know, there'll be like five pieces on someone's portfolio and four are really good. And then one is just it feels kind of like filler actually the first thing i do on uh, in all of my mentorships uh, literally the first call is i'll ask the person hey would you like to you know just go over and, and have a quick portfolio review assuming the person has some kind of portfolio and usually we'll spend the first hour just just reviewing their work and because a lot of times you know the person might have four or five pieces on their portfolio that are like 80 percent of the way there and um by removing one piece and, and updating the, the remaining four, you can have four pretty nice portfolio pieces. Yeah. Um, so oftentimes like I'll go through, I'll do a portfolio review with the person on the first, uh, um, first week, um, if they're comfortable with it. Otherwise, um, you know, we'll do a portfolio review perhaps later on in, in, in the calls and, um, focusing on consistency, focusing on presentation. I think like, a lot of times for um, when it comes to presentation, people rush that part. And that's probably one of the most important parts is the last part is the last 10%, the last 15%, yes. you know, yeah. is um, making sure that like, where's your logo? Where's your name on your portfolio? Uh, yeah. post? Um, how consistent is it with your other posts? Um, you know, what kind of fonts are you using? Like how clean is that final presentation? Because that says a lot to, um, your ability to 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 really kind of see the big picture and the, by big picture I mean like how are you marketing yourself and how are you branding yourself as as a professional uh, artist and um, I think it's like trying to 
essentially pull the camera back where they're not just looking at their work in through a tunnel, but looking at it as this cohesive piece, as Josh mentioned, um, I think is, is really important. And, and getting, it's funny because getting to that point is the hardest part. Like when you're in school and you're taking a mentorship and you're learning, um, part of it is you're, you're trying to get better, right? You're, you're trying to get better at technically at executing, but the, the, the majority of that is actually drawing a connection between what you're seeing and what you think you're seeing, right? Because oftentimes like a part that makes an artist improve is not that the artist gets better at making art. It's that the artist gets better at critiquing what they're looking at and understanding what they need to do to make it look like what they want it to look like. Cause really all we're trying to do is make stuff look like stuff, right? Like <laughs> yes, when Josh is making a rock wall, is trying to make it look like those references that he's looking at. And part of that is understanding what nodes to use and how to strategize the graph. But a big part of that is seeing what's there and what's lacking and what you have to bring into that piece. So if we were to just apply that, say to someone's portfolio, it's like, what are we looking at right now? Are we looking at um, some a, a texture artist portfolio? Are we looking at someone who wants to be a modeler? Are we looking at someone who wants to be a generalist? Like, what are we looking at? Yeah. And and trying to pull the camera back, uh, fi uh, figuratively speaking, so that they can um, really understand the the whole picture. Yeah, and like the in the career coaching, the first call, like that's a really good point. Like I asked uh, anyone that signs up, like, what's your what's your goal? Like, what's your focus? Right? Like, what where do you want to be? Like, where do you see your career going? Uh, so I I think what's interesting is like in school or you know college like whatever your the focus is so much on the art or your art station or your or your models right or your textures but then it's like okay well what about getting the job like how do you present yourself and that's a that's that's almost uh i think billy you kind of touched on it a little bit but i i, I think it's like almost as important as the work itself right? How do you present yourself? Do you look really pro professional? Do you have branding? You know, like, is everything cohesive? So we like in the career coaching, I really try to to dial in on a lot of that stuff. Okay, cool. Thank you guys for this. Uh, I think it's yeah. super valuable. And uh, I wish people kind of paid more attention to this. Um, so we're almost running out of time. And uh, I just sure. wanted to know, like, what are the next steps for the mentor coalition? Like what are the next uh, mentorships that you're planning? Uh, maybe you want to go outside of the mentorship. Maybe there are some plans for doing like a school or something. If you can reveal some of your plans, or just tell us what to expect. That would be amazing. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. I, I just want to say like, uh, for me, um, you know, I, I'm always looking for people to join the mentor coalition. Uh, you know, we started out pretty focused on on art uh, with some level design, and that's really cool, right? Uh, but I'm uh, I'm always looking for more disciplines, uh, more talented uh, artists or developers or designers, tech artists, whatever, that have a passion uh, to share their knowledge and you know how to navigate this industry and their disciplines because. 
within each discipline, it's it's super confusing, you know, like you you talk about tech art and it's like, okay, but yeah, but which kind? And it's like, okay, you know, <laughs> so um, just even that is like really interesting to navigate. And then how do you sell yourself as a good tech artist and which area of tech art are you going, are you wanting to get into? Right. So that's just an example, but I, I, I would really love to have more tech artists join more designers, um, scripters, right. Like engineering. I mean, I, I really want to grow it to be bigger than it is right now, but at the same time, I'm pretty cautious to grow too much. As Billy mentioned, we talk a lot and I'm, you know, I'm really cautious to like not overdo things and spread uh, the mentor coalition too thin or the mentors themselves. Um, so I, I try to be really accommodating to everybody that's involved. Uh, but yeah, we're definitely looking to grow. So if you're listening and you're like kind of curious about it, just shoot me an email. If you go to the mentor coalition, you can email me directly and I'd love to hear from you. Cool. Well, thank you guys for this uh, yeah. talk. Thank you for having uh, and me. And anyone who's listening, uh, please go to the um, uh, description to this video, and then you'll be able to click the link and go to Josh and Billy's mentorships and check them out. And there is a ton of other mentorships out there, so it's always interesting. Cool. Well, thank you guys, and uh, hope to see you again. Yeah. See ya. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80 Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80 Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv RFP. And share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.